0: Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Dude, what's up? That was awesome. <laughs> Table falling apart. It was great. It was no, hey, there's no party files yeah, when it comes to the house of God is there ain't no party like a Christian party because a Christian party don't stop. I thought somebody knew that. You know, we do this at rap shows. I just feel like we have to right now. So that's what we do. We do on this side, we say ain't no party, all right? So you have, you're, out, you're part of that side. So you're on the ain't no party side, okay? And then like a Christian party, okay, that's, that's the side. You guys getting this? And then everybody is like a, because a Christian party don't stop. All right, so that's where we're at. So it goes, ain't no party like a Christian party, everybody, cause a Christian party don't stop. Come on, this side. Ain't no party like a Christian party, cause a Christian party don't stop. Now, can you do it with the beat? It goes like this. But, 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 but. Don't, I take a, take but take don't, I don 't stop here you come on ain 't no bit don 't stop one more come on oh okay i don 't care how old you are you got to have a little fun you got to have a little fun, you know when I sometimes visit uh, senior citizen homes and get to spend some time with some individuals in the last days of their life in the uh, the multiple handful of moments I've been there in those moments, you know what I found is it doesn't matter what age you are, you still are a little kid. And you wanna go back to those moments when you're just with God and you can dance, you can be free, you can dream again. And then life has a way of just crumbling our dreams. Sin comes in and starts to devour and destroy. But God one day will restore and it'll be all brand new, brand new. Forever, forever. It's awesome. That's what we're a part of this morning. That's what we're a part of today. So welcome for being here. If it's your first time here, we often say, hashtag everyone, you belong here. And what that means is no matter what your background is, where you came from, where you're going, that we believe that the message of Jesus is acceptance and love right where you're at and that he loves you too much and he'll do all the work to change you through his grace and through his power and through his Holy Spirit. And if you could just see him for all he's worth today, I think what will happen is you'll just naturally let go of some junk. And you'll say, Mama didn't raise no punk. I'm going to stand up for Jesus. Okay, and we're going to look at Daniel today. We're going to talk about the pressures of culture. It's the holiday season. Does anybody know that's fast approaching? And for somebody, if your wallet's a little fat, it's easy for you because you just throw out some hundreds and a, a card and you say, I love you, family. We love you. And everybody looks forward to when grand, Grandpa gives them that card because there's a $100 envelope in it. And then for others of us, you know what it looks like? It looks like a lot of pain. It reminds us of loved ones that are gone. It reminds us of friends that aren't here anymore. It reminds us of pain because we want to show our friends and our family that we love them. In a way that we can show our friends and our family that we love them, what is that often tied to? Monetary gifts. And we think that if we don't give someone something that they won't think that they're valuable to us. And so we feel this pressure and this constant frustration because we want to give people more than what we can. We wanna show people they're important. And I've watched family for years and years and years create this false urgency and this false narrative to try to go with the flow of the culture and it brings a lot of pain and a lot of tears. And you know what's the most unique part? I would dare say that's the majority of the culture in America is that the holidays are glimpses of joy but a massive amount of frustration. All you got to do is look at the video like for a Black Friday at Walmart, you know, rushing in. It's like, just so my kid can open a present for a minute. So my kid can open a present, but their kid can't. I think this, so I've been dreaming of what it would be to live a life differently because we're different. That because Jesus is so beautiful that we give we get to. And we love because we're loved. And if we go to Walmart, it's fine. And if we don't, it's fine. Wouldn't it be something if we were known as people who were so not of this world, not that people couldn't relate to, but that we were so disconnected from what natural positions in power and success and what Love looks like in the world as conditional. I give you something, you give me something. What would it look like if a people loved unconditionally, forgave, and the greatest things we gave this season was not so much what we said or something that we handled with the present, but the, how people left from interacting with us, how they felt? That's my prayer today. My prayer today is that you sent something so different about Jesus that he compels your heart so much to change that you're willing to follow him regardless. You follow him regardless. And uh, Daniel chapter one, I love uh, the story of Daniel and I can't necessarily relate with the story of Daniel. Maybe you won't be able to relate with the story of Daniel either. And meaning I can't relate with the story of Daniel because he is awesome. He did everything right from a young age that we can see. Daniel doesn't have a lot of errors The thing that inspires me about Daniel is because I don't have to come from the same background apart from Daniel. I can look at Daniel and I can say, whoa, he understands the most powerful force in the universe in the awe that if he gets this one signature, it matters more than any other signatures. you got to have the right person to sign a check in order for it to clear. When you go to a job interview and you sit before somebody and you tell them what you're good at or what you're not good at, you're waiting for their approval. And what Daniel understood was no job interview, no signature for a check, nothing in this world could matter to the one signature that matters most to him, which is God's signature and God's worth and God's value and God's power, God's posture of who God is to Daniel. God wasn't always that to me as a young kid. I was looking for God in everything, I was looking for God in a Christmas, a family event. Looking for God in drugs, looking for God in parties, looking for God through, through music, looking through God for, for in, in, in sports. Looking for God, we're always looking for God. It's what we want. A lot of times we look at church, I'm coming in, okay, it's a checklist, and then I'm trying to find God all week long. God is in my family because we got my family perfect. God is in my job because my job is perfect. Or God is now in my friend group because my friend is perfect. And we all know this, none of that will fulfill. Has anyone ever found themselves in a big room like this and still felt all alone? You found yourself ever at, at hanging out at a party and you felt you were different and you looked around and you're like, does anybody really know me? Because the pressure to fit in sometimes is so overwhelming, but yet the truth is you and me, we will never fit in. You are not made for this world. And once you start to realize that, what it does is it liberates because when you're, and then you're present, you have a different posture in the midst of all of that. And people are saying, what's up with you? Oh, I've got one signature that matters. I've got one person defining who my life is. Really? What's that about? Jesus, the love of God, the love of God. And I want to say a disclaimer before we start. Christians, you've been saved for a long time. So you're, you're like, why, why do we have to go back here? Because It's good, important for us to never forget. And it's also important for those that don't even know is that Jesus isn't necessarily what you heard, what you thought of and what your childhood experience was like through a school, through a different church. Let's look at for who God is just for himself for a second. Just because you had a bad relationship with one particular, uh, you know, girlfriend or boyfriend doesn't mean all girlfriends or boyfriends are gonna be like that. Just because one teacher was bad doesn't mean all teachers are bad. I think we have to pull back and say, I'm accountable for who really God is myself. Like, I'm accountable. I got to strip it off. I got to stop before the king and I got to say, whoa, I am going to give some attention to Jesus. And I know the tendency for me is to not put the things of eternal importance at the forefront of my list. It takes me to prune. And I was driving in this morning and we saw all the leaves in the grass. And I was thinking, this is so like God. If you just embrace the season you're in, it's hard because I still want summer. Does anybody else want summer? I still want summer and there's leaves everywhere. But the truth is we are in a season of change. And God's like that sometimes where you have to just embrace who he, stop and pause and you're holding on to something that isn't here anymore. And he's saying, hey, I want you to change your perspective, spend some time fully embracing the new season you're in, and I can teach you something. There's a quote that says, the student or the teacher presents itself when the student is ready to learn. And the essence of that is this, the teacher was there the whole time, the student wasn't ready. But when the student is ready to learn, the teacher is right there. God has been there the whole time. And we're saying, Where is God? Where is God? But when we posture our hearts and fall down, what happens is now God just is right there. And you're like, What? This is awesome. So I want to invite you in that today. Daniel chapter 1, verse 3. I love you guys so close. This is amazing. I love that they put that up so it forces us to sit a little closer. Some of us, we want to hide. I get it. Who doesn't want to hide? But this is good. This is good. Look at your neighbor. Come on, this is good. Look at people around. This is good. Heaven's going to be awesome. We're going to hang out. We're going to run. We're going to dance. We're going to have fun. We're going to be all different backgrounds. You're going to go to one person's house, have one type of food, another person's house, another type of food, because here's why we know that to be true. This place now is all a reflection of what we will do forever. God created here. So though it's tainted and contaminated with the distortion of sin, that's why we feel the fallen pressures and the guilt and the hurts. But one day that'll be gone. Daniel 1 verse 3. Then the king commanded Asphanus, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of royal family and of nobility, youths without blemish, of good appearance, and skillful in all wisdom endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. Here's the backdrop of what's going on. God's people have disobeyed God so many times that he pronounces, you guys will face punishment for your sin. There's going to be some changes. In fact, you'll be held captive from your own will. Now, when you're taken captive, it's not an exciting experience. That's that's fair to say. I think we could all realize that. If someone came in here right now trying to take you captive, we wouldn't be excited. I mean, right? We'd find out who's, who's packing right now within two seconds. We find out who's packing right now. I mean, somebody comes in trying to take captive. But God has orchestrated of what is actually taking place here because that is how serious sin is. We have to understand the gravity of sin this morning. We're gonna hear the message of love. We hear the message of love, but we have to pause and understand the gravity of sin. Sin has been the thing that has separated us from God forever. Sin has been the thing that has pronounced God's judgment at times because he's not trying to judge us so we're separated forever. He's trying to actually put things in place to get us back home. If we had a life that was perfect, I'm convinced we wouldn't come back and turn to God. I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced that if our life was amazing, every second, you had billions and billions of dollars, we would not turn to God. We would think we are God. And we're going to see that with King Nebuchadnezzar as well here in these chapters. The king assigned them a daily, daily portion of food, and the king ate, and of the wine that he drank... They were to be educated for three years. And at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. And among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs. When you see the word eunuch, and here's what this means. Sexuality has been altered and castrated. These individuals are not a threat in that particular area because that's how they're invited to be into the king's closest corridors, to be a eunuch. So when you see that word like eunuch, you gotta stop and say, whoo, that is a very serious thing. I'm not signing up for that. I don't think anybody's signing up for that. Nobody. Nobody. His gospel's so beautiful because it, we even get to see that he will restore even the incompletion of a eunuch. Can you imagine that type of liberation and that journey and that longing? So this is the type of individuals that are present close to the king. He sends one of them out to go find individuals. And among these were Dana, D- Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them their names. Daniel, he called beth Hananiah, he called Shadrach. Okay, you've probably heard of a couple of these names. Mishael, he called Meshach. And Azariah, he called Abednego. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. This is where this comes from. Now, Daniel, you know what Daniel means? It means God is my judge. And as they shift this and switch it, the new name they try to give him is this. It means Bell protects his life. A different Lord. They grab him and they say, now your new name is Bell protects your life. His previous name who he knows what his name is, is God is my judge. Daniel's completely different, completely different. Daniel doesn't embrace the new name that he has been given. Daniel continues to embrace the narrative that's on his life, which is that he has been set apart for greatness and set apart for good and only for God alone. So now we see with all this pressure, Daniel's very young. I like picking up the story of Daniel because... Um, early on, because the story of Daniel eventually climaxed, and you see uh, he's being used as a prophet of God, interpreting dreams about end times. So a lot of times we want to talk about what's going to happen at the end of the world, but there's also a deeper narrative of the gospel, the good news through Daniel present in how he's responding as a character to the culture around him, the culture around him, a culture which as a young person, as we're reading about Daniel right here, he's in his teenage years, teenage years. Come on, what do we say in our culture in your teenage years? Oh, they're just the teenagers. They're going to mess up. You heard that? Think back to your teenage years. Did you mess up? Teenage years. Daniel right here is in his teenage years. So this is pretty serious. Daniel in his teenage years is going to stop and pause and honor God. We think about Daniel when we think about him in the lion's den. If you're not familiar with that story, what happens is they get framed because people are so jealous of him because his God is so good and he's being used in such a powerful way that they frame him and put him in the lion's den because he won't bow to the false gods of that day. And the king is so perplexed by Daniel going there because he loves him and he knows that this person has some power and I don't want to be the person to condemn him. But there was a law in place. If there was bound to any other gods, they'd be put in. And so Daniel's in the lion's den, but Daniel's God shows up. Our God here today shows up with an angel and protects him. But that happened all the way at the end when he was in his 80s, some say. So in his 80s, I would dare say he'd seen God show up so many times in his life that he knew God was real and so powerful that he could trust him again. And why it's so cool to pick it up way back here is because he's young and he's a teenager So how does he respond to the culture? How does he respond to a place that's saying you no longer know your friends anymore? You no longer have a lot of people around you. You got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but look, there's four of you. In fact, we're going to educate you now for three years. We're going to tell you what to eat. And some scholars would say not only was the chief eunuch over him and come to grab him, that they became eunuchs as well. There's a possibility that Daniel was a eunuch. So even him being a eunuch, that means he's been altered radically. He he, is game game changer. Day, set, match. Daniel's life is different. Different from the authority and the power that came in. Who in the world would be happy about this experience? Not me. Would you be happy? We'd start a revival, a revolt or something. We'd go nuts. Again, we'd find out who's packing. Verse 8. But Daniel, this is so cool resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. Let understand something very serious here about Daniel's life is he wasn't mean about his request to serve God. His posture was humble in humility. And he's going to negotiate and say, hey, I want to see if there's another way. I want to ask you if I could not defile myself. Me reading this, I think, well, why does it matter if he's drinking some wine and having some food? Why is, this, why is he willing to risk his life over this? That's a question we got to ask. And you know why? Because it's probable that the food and the wine has been offered to false gods. So all the way back in that culture, you know, this food came from somewhere. We're offering it to you, the God of whatever, sun god, ray god, you know, all these different types of gods. So there's God in that culture, and the food's been offered to different gods. And Daniel says, mm-mm, mm-mm. Look, I'll obey all the things you're saying. I'll get educated. I'll submit. I'm here. But when you start messing with my God, I'm not there. And I think what we do is we say, you mess with my God. I'm right here. I'm for my God. We put up our flag, you know, post. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. You know, I I saw this flag downtown. I didn't like it. So I put up a bigger one, right? That's what... That's what we do, you guys. It's so true, and it breaks my heart. I make a joke out of it, but it's so true. We think we're going to win by being the loudest and the proudest. We don't win like that. We win by the humblest and the gentleness. He allowed himself not to defy himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. So the spirit. It's very important to realize here because if you miss the, the true hero in the story of Daniel, you start to think Daniel is the hero. It's God's plan so that we would see, they would see what he was doing to preserve a people for himself forever. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, you could imagine in his seat, I fear him, the Lord, my, my king, who assigned your food and your drink. For why should he see that you were in worse condition than the youth who are of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king. So he comes in his position, you need to eat this food. Because if you eat this food, you'll look just like everybody else because the same nutrition is taking place. And now you're telling me you're not going to eat the meat and you're not going to drink the wine. Something's going to happen if you go vegan. It's not going to work. And all the vegans are happy because Daniel and, and wants to part. Uh, Daniel says, I just want vegetables. Come on, all the vegans said amen. Verse 11, then Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, test your servants for 10 days. I love Daniel's posture here. It's fascinating. It's very calm in his request. Hey, Why don't you come back in 10 days? Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and the deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this matter and tested them for 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, it was seen that they were in better appearance and fatter in the flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the steward took away their food and wine. They were to drink and gave them vegetables. And it continues in verse 17. As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. In the end of the time, when the king had commanded that they should be brought into the chief of the eunuchs, brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Pause. Now they've been tested, approved in the sight of the chief eunuch, that they're not bowing to the food, they're not bowing to the false narrative that is in front of them and the culture that's in front of them. They are set apart. God has been showing up in their life and now they got to go sit in front of the king. Nervousness, yes. Anxiety, yes. Little concerned, yes. Daniel, no. Daniel, different. Daniel, completely opposite, 19. And the king spoke with them and among all them, none was found like Daniel. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they stood before the king, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and the enchanters that were in all of his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. Now, when we read the Bible, we can read a chapter, a couple chapters, and it can elapse a strong period of time. And so, it's, it's, it's important to kind of rest and slow down in the text when we're reading it so we can understand exactly who God is before we go on too quick. And to pause here and reflect, there's so many different lessons. We could take one little um, iota here throughout all of the lines here and stop and say, this is exactly who God is. And it'd be so beautiful. And one of the narratives I just wanna highlight for a moment is that Daniel was used by God and that he was 10 times better than everybody else around him. I believe this that we bow to God regardless of situation because he's so worth it. And even if that means death, it's okay because we'll live forever. But there's also special unique moments and I want somebody to take off the lid right now where that if you just bow to the right God, that God can make you 10 times better than anything you thought or dreamt or imagined. I remember college didn't really fit for me. And at 22 years old, Um, Right out of high school, I got a job at this, um, it was uh, Lansing City Limits publication. So it was the only full color magazine in Lansing at the time. And it was pretty big publication. And I got hired like $10 an hour by my mom. And uh, I was going to LCC at the time and I'm like, oh geez, this doesn't really fit me. And all kids need to hear this, school is for a lot of people, okay? School's for most people. What you're finding, I was in a sinful state. I was partying like crazy. I looked around, I'm like, school's not for me. And here's what kind of catapulted that. I was good at math and working for my mom. And the accountant left and said, hey, your your son's actually better at math. I'm gonna go into sales and I'm gonna give him my job. So right out of high school, I got $35,000 a year job in 1998. So $35,000 a year, right? I mean, school's not looking as fun anymore. So I leave, but I'm partying like crazy. So I'm totally immersed in the culture. I'm sitting on a a high, high level. I'm feeling anxiety on a high, high level, high, high level. And finally, at 22 years old, I remember radically repenting, coming to God, seeing him for who he is. It didn't matter what anybody thought anymore. I realized, okay, I'm not gonna fit into this world anymore. And some of my friends are here. They know that. They were there. We were in the same settings and we knew something was different. We wanted to make changes, but we just were caught up in it because that's what addiction does. You're just caught up in it. No one wanted to be there. You're in addiction today. You don't want to be there. But I believe this, that God can do something 10 times better if you just bow and change differently. And here's what he did in me. I remember I was uh, walking at church and someone walked up and said, I believe that God is going to allow you to know the Bible in one year as if somebody knew it in 10 years. And It was so cool because one year later, I was given the sermon in this class. It was a seven minute sermon. I was given it on 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, how we're soldiers for Christ and how we do not get entangled in civilian affairs and we endure hardship as a good soldier aiming to please the one who's enlisted us. And I was saying that and we got to be urgent and love people. This person came up to me and said, you know what? It's as if you knew the Bible for 10 years. I thought that was so awesome because somebody said one year will be like 10. And I believe this. Look, I'm not trying to hocus pocus spirit stuff, but I believe that sometimes if you just give up everything, God will give you more than you dreamed of. I believe that. And here's the point. Even if you give up everything, he's still worth more than you're giving up. Regardless, Daniel, when he's doing all this, he's doing it not knowing that God's gonna do the 10 times, 10X. He's doing it still because God is worth it. He's doing it because God is that valuable, that beautiful. And he recognizes this condition apart from God. He fully could have got killed in these moments, but he fully still said, my God is greater. My God is awesome. Because here's the truth, guys. Following is so overrated. You were a whirlpool as a kid? You know, you're running around. Everyone's trying to create the current. It's so like, Come on, come on, come on. And you've got that one friend that's an idiot and he stops it too quick. And you're like, come on, keep going. And everyone wants to keep going. And the current is like, come on, let's go. Let's go faster we can keep going. And then you stop and you just go with it, 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 go with it. Go with it. Wide is the path that leads to death. If you just go with it, go with it, go with it, what everybody's doing around with you, go with it. You know you don't want to. You know you want to quit drinking. You know you want to stop having all these relationships on the side. You don't want to quit looking at pornography. You know you want to stop. But sometimes you just got to stop and go against the grain because following is so overrated when it comes to the world. But following Jesus is so underrated. Following Jesus is so underrated. I want you to hear that today. Chapter two, it continues. We'll pick it up from 10. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, there is not a man on earth who can meet the king's demand. Here's why. King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and no one could interpret it. Nobody, nobody. King gets really mad. And he says that if you can't meet the demand, everyone will die. Check this out. Not a man on earth um, can meet the king's demand for no great and powerful king has asked such a thing of a magician or an enchanter or a Chaldean. The thing that the king asks is difficult and no one can show it to the king except the gods who's dwelling not in the flesh, not with flesh. He has a dream, asks for the magicians to interpret it and they can't and they respond like this. No one can do it but the gods, but the gods. But verse 12, because of this the king was angry and very furious and commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be destroyed. Mayday, mayday, mayday. Mayday. So the decree went out and the wise men were about to be killed and sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. And we skip to verse 20. As Daniel's gonna, uh, he's been sought out to be killed. He asks, can I seek God on behalf of the people? Can I seek God and try to interpret the dream? And maybe he would spare everyone's life. So Daniel answered him and said, blessed be the name of God forever and ever. And he goes to his friends to whom belong wisdom and might. His changes times and season. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light that dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and might and have known to me what you have asked for, for you have made known to us for the king's matters. Verse 46, then King Nebuchadnezzar, after Daniel goes in, so... Daniel goes in and interprets the dream. King Nebuchadnezzar is, is blown away because no one else could solve it. And here's how his response is. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering, and incense, be offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, truly your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords and the reveal of mysteries for I have been able to reveal this mystery. King Nebuchadnezzar is now bowing before Daniel in honoring Daniel's God because Daniel didn't bow to his God and now the roles have reversed in just a moment because Daniel said, I'm not gonna bow to the culture and I'm gonna go seek God. And there's a lesson there. There's a lesson as Daniel was confronted with losing his life, what did he do? He retreated into the presence of God. Who here has something they need God to give an answer for? I remember driving in this morning, wanting God to give me an answer about something. And I remember wanting to text some of my friends and be like, hey, pray about this and just tell me what you think. And I was hoping that they would get the answer for God for me. I would, because it eliminates some time. God is so involved in your life that he really actually wants to give you the answer for your life. He wants to show up in your particular setting. He wants to impact you in a powerful way through his word. He wants to teach you things through his word. And there's nothing anybody else can do to make you a disciple. God makes you a disciple by his grace and you respond and you step up. You say, I'm here, I am, Lord, send me. You see him for who he is and you start to change and adjust some things in your life. I wish I could just sit up here and tell you everything you wanted to hear, but itching ears will lead you to a bad place. And why would I wish that? Because it's my flesh, right? My flesh says, just tell you what you wanna hear. You'll be happy. Go home and ah Christmas, kind of like Christmas. We'll open up gifts. How much is on the credit card, mom? <laughs> Dad, grandma? What's, what are we doing? Why are we losing our house? <laughs> what's going on here? Why? Because we started to let the culture come in. We have one signature that's more important than anything. And Daniel recognized his power was not from the fact that he looked really cool. His power was not be from his youth and he's adventurous. He was educated and that God showed up to him for the one time, so he's gonna show up again. His power was in the fact that he recognized that there was somebody who knew everything. So he took time to go to the one who knew everything. Now God's not always gonna have he's not always gonna answer your prayers. Okay? It is good that he doesn't answer your prayers because he knows better. And so in this narrative of the gospel throughout his whole word, there's times when God was silent to people for a reason. But in this particular moment, God was not silent for a reason because he was showing his power in the midst of a culture that was all going one direction. And you have just a couple individuals that was so countercultural. Sounds a lot like salt and light, doesn't it? Just a little bit, a little bit of light can affect a large space, large region. Nebuchadnezzar falls down and chapter three is so, so, so sad. Because King Nebuchadnezzar, in just another chapter, made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and breadth six cubits. And he set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And herald proclaimed aloud, you are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages. Be careful because this sounds a lot like what people will do in the last days. Be careful. We got to be careful because what's happening is always somebody trying to demand worship demand our attention, all peoples, nations, and languages. Then you will hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyra, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, and you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up, and whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the burning, fiery furnace. Why is that so? Why? Is that? why? You know Why? Because just a chapter later, he's bowing down before God. And just a chapter now, he's instantly putting an image up of himself. There's two different types of cultures going on. One that says, okay, I'll take God for a minute when he pleased me. Okay, next chapter, I got a lot of money. I got a lot of things. I'm going to set up my kingdom and people are going to bow to me. And Daniel still doesn't bow. The question we have for us this morning is, who do we bow to? Who do we bow to? Who will we bow to? Daniel, meaning God is my judge, he understood the severity and the condition of who God was. Matthew 7, 13 through 14, it says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And for those that enter by it are many. R.C. Sprouls in his commentary, he says that we would be doing people a disservice if we always told them it was really easy and it wouldn't be hard. You want to be a professional athlete, you're going to work out. You want to move up to military ranks, it's going to be hard. You want to get a job at GM, you're going to work a lot of hours. It's just true. It's true. You want to love Jesus, not everybody will do it. You want to be known by God, sometimes you'll be laughed at as a fool. You want to love and forgive when... So everybody says that you could have revenge. So when everybody says you're a joke. Why would you keep loving him? Why would you love her? Why would you forgive them? There's no marriage that's ever stayed together that there wasn't a massive amount of forgiveness. Typically the marriage that are breaking is because at some point there became something too large that we can't forgive. I pray today that we take like verse 14. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard, that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Daniel was not the hero. He knew God was, therefore, he lived different. He knew God was, and he lived different. That's what makes Daniel special. That's what inspires me, and hopefully inspires you, to live diff, to live different, that he knew God was the hero. I pray something cries to the depths of your soul because there's only one worthy for us to bow to. And it's Jesus, period. He's the only one worthy for us to bow to. And here's how he exercised his worth. He exercised his worth by laying down his life and finding us in our darkest place and coming to us, steadfast love of God, the loving kindness of God, to pursue us loving kindness of God. I was listening to a song this morning and it was a rap song and rappers can be a little bold and pretty tough and it was a Christian rap song and it was, it was true, it was beautiful, it was bold but it was all about like, man, God just demands the supremacy and he's holy and there's a lot of false prophets and, and, and you know, everything we we're saying was actually true and I was thinking in my spirit, well, all that's true but if it doesn't have over if it's not resounding and filled with love then it's nothing, it's a clanging cymbal so we could get up here and yell today, you know, repent for the kingdom of God and let me show you my big flag and let me show you what we're about and let's, let's win with weapons and let's take our territory. No, 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 it's low and it's with love and it's a position of invitation. It's a position that comes and finds you and that's what grace is. And so that's not negating truth. Truth then rather comes out of a place of grace where you just want to say, I want to learn, I want to do it. And there'll be times we don't feel like it and that's when you got to push through. And you say, like Daniel, you know what? Mama, daddy didn't raise no punk. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to stand out. Mama, daddy didn't raise no punk. I think somebody needs to feel that. You need to stand out. So Friday night, look, I don't know where you were, but God did. Friday night, I didn't know where your mind was, but God did. So as we struggle to fit in and want to be accepted, we all long to belong. That's why we want friends. That's why we find to get pleasures and they're fleeting. But today, can you feel freedom that God can just break it? The addictions, the alcohol, the abuse, the pornography, all the things in our life that God can just break it and He can break in and He can come with a rushing wave. Power. Mere talk is nothing without the power of God. Three things I think as we look in light of who God is is first, consider His worth. Is His worth worth your life and your attention? Is there a God that created all of this universe? And is Jesus different than every God? I would submit yes, 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 yes. I can't see it, can't always know it, but the conviction is so real. The experience is so overwhelming. And his word is so alive, it's transforming me day and day and day and day. I can't do anything. I can run, but I can't hide. I can run, but I can't hide. You ever felt like that? Why me? Why am I getting in trouble? Why does God want to change me? He's not want to change my friends. They look like they're flourishing. Why am I struggling? Maybe God's trying to get your attention. God's trying to change you because you're different. God's got to change you. Second thing would be your condition in light of his worth. Your condition sense separates you. And the condition is very serious and it causes God's judgment. So much so that he even allowed this to happen. He allowed people to be castrated. He allowed people to be captive into exile. He allowed his people to go through suffering because he's trying to bring his people back home. So punishment isn't necessarily a bad thing at times. You can tell the kids that haven't been punished. You can tell the athletes that haven't ran the sprints. And you can tell who is uh, the boss's son. They could tell when I worked at the magazine. Oh, that's the boss's son. That was a joke. Show up late, leave early, make my 30 stacks and go. And then conviction happened. And I no longer had to be over my shoulder looking for all the police. It's like, you know what? Even if they do something to me and it's a little weird and whatever, I got a God who's bigger and I'm gonna submit to him. Just try to be humble. Submit to him. Though we see crazy stuff and though it's not always easy, our position in light of his worth and in light of our condition changes completely because now our position before God is clean and spotless and new through Jesus and the blood that covers us when we just say, God, forgive me of my sins. And then he's just so present. And then we walk with him daily with ongoing repentance daily saying, God, tweak that. I'm sorry. Help me. Whoa. You're loving. You're awesome. I'm just going to sit and cry today. I don't need somebody else's approval. Oh yeah. My spouse is aggravating the living daylights out of me, but I'm going to love them. And uh, yeah, maybe I can. And maybe I'll say a bad word, but I'm going to come back and say, I'm sorry. And just that beautiful joy in that journey of wrestling with God and your position with him. Would we be a little bit more proactive today than just reactive? John seventeen sixteen. I love this. This is in the, the, the text, in the context of Jesus praying. It's a high priestly prayer. So the King of Kings is praying and he prays for you and me. And one of the things he says is this. Verse 16, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. That is good news for you and me today. You are not of the world and I am not of the world. That's why we live different. You stand out, live diff. And how we do that is ultimately giving our whole life to Jesus and surrendering. Two would be become a disciple. And that happens in that moment. Some people look at it like I'm growing with God and I'm becoming a disciple. No, discipleship is normative. There's no other way to get around it. God wants all of you. Now, Cisco, I love hanging out with you. I love your shirt. I love that we got to go to Florida because though the process isn't easy, right, since Easter, it's been filled with some bumps and ups and downs, but you're like, I want God to have everything. Disciple. I want God to have everything, disciple. I want to be with God daily, disciple. I want to be discipled. I want to be a disciple. I want to follow really well the new things. I want to follow those that are following Christ because God is my judge and he's awesome. And that's where community comes in, each other. We need each other, you guys. We are better together. We are better together. Now, Rob G is up here. And he wrote a song called "Different," and it's all about living diff. And I want you to hear these words, and and we'll get out of here in just you know a handful of minutes, and be a giving team that's going to come up front, and we're going to have an opportunity to give. And one of the opportunities to give, I love it because our worship doesn't look like eating king's food, and it looks like eating um, and drinking wine. You know what our worship looks like today, where we spend our money, for real. And we don't have to give; we want to give. I want to be a part of what God is doing. I want to live differently. I want to love differently. And so we just want to continue to be in a presence of reverence before the Lord. And don't just watch today. Don't watch. Let God do something in your heart, in your life. Let him answer your specific thoughts and your specific questions that you have today. Check this out.
1: I'm not alive to be status quo, God made me different, I'ma let it show, well not just different, to be different, but to make a difference in the world, and it's all for the people, it's all for the people, and every kind of people, because God loves the people, the rich and poor people, the black and white people, and everything in between even in all our difference that makes us you and me yeah but we believe in greater things but first we gotta be the change we want to see in a cold world it's time to rise like a fire in the night to be saw in light on the narrow path that leads to life you're calling us to live 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 different give Give, give, give different. Love, 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 love different. Be different so we can make a difference, Live, 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 live different. Give, 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 give different. Love, 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 love different. Be different so we can make a difference. Not to stand up, not, not just to be loud. Our God is good, it's time to play that sound. Jesus is different, that's why we're different His life was given for us Cause much has been given so Live, 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 live different Give, 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 give different Love, 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 love different Be different so we can make a difference Live, 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 live different life lansing podcast loving you and loving the city one life at a time for more information messages and to partner financially go to citylifelansing.com you belong here